I'm Jessica Peresta, host of the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. everybody welcome to season two episode one of the edtech distilled podcast uh my name is adam geisen with me as always david lurch say hello David. hi this is david lurch for the education distilled network that was wrong you totally did that really wrong i'll uh i I think (laughs) it was it started out great and then uh it was brought to you by the Fresh air on um, yeah, NPR. I did. I did think that. I've been I doing thought that for a minute we were going to start talking about somebody's muffins or <laughs> the, what balls. was the other one? Sweaty balls. That's right. Yeah, we went PG in our first episode. I know. <laughs> you know that I've been doing that all week with kids, uh, and I don't think any of them appreciate the the nuance of my NPR take. Yeah. Um, which is it's weird. It's almost like twelve year olds don't listen to NPR in the Midwest or something. That is weird whatever so but yeah we're back man second season we are back second season we got kind of a big announcement i'm going to jump right to it just so that uh, we can kind of get out of the way because if you heard at the very beginning of this episode there was a little uh, a little blurb we are now a part of the education podcast network yeah. uh thanks to chris nessie for allowing us to be a part of it That's and awesome. we're excited to sort of be in that group of uh, other accomplished podcasters and in, in the education sphere um, and with us today in our inaugural uh, season two episode is Jake Ball. Jake, say hi. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited to uh, to have you. Another Wisconsinite. We Another. had uh, we had John Spike on uh, mm-hmm. a few um, episodes ago, and we're excited to have another Wisconsinite with us. And Jake nailed it on the intro there. We did not do as well. No. He did well, though. He's a truly a seasoned vet and a professional um, and a right. true ass of this podcast. We, on the other hand, did not do it. He's not ass. a true ass. He's a true asset. David. I said asset. He'd, oh, I don't know. It didn't sound that way. No, we'll but let, now we'll I got to put the... <laughs> I got to put the, uh, explicit lyrics. Yeah. I swore. Um, anyway, we, uh, so yeah, we were excited to talk to you. Uh, you've got such an interesting take on education and how it fits with alcohol, which caught us, uh, you know, obviously right in our wheelhouse. Um, so, uh, so actually, you know what, let's, let's switch gears since it's season two, let's do something different. What are, uh, what are we drinking tonight? Ooh, uh, well I have, uh, Single Barrel Knob Creek. Uh, this is the uh, Disney Single Barrel Knob Creek. We actually, oh. we actually got this at uh, Disney World. Um, and uh, I've been waiting for a good time to open this up. And what better tonight, time? Tonight's the night. To, than tonight. Tonight is Great. the night. Right. What about you, Adam? Uh, I got a, uh, a new whiskey, Treaty Oak, uh, which is in Austin, Texas. We went to Austin uh, a few weeks ago for a visit mm-hmm. just to kind of get away and enjoy the... the uh, weather and everything down there and we visited that place and it was amazing and so i uh, bought myself a little bit of that so i'm enjoying that this night Fantastic. jake what about you so i actually am having a dry night uh for lent oh. i decided to abstain from alcohol for a little bit. so i'm uh having some cranberry pomegranate juice delicious but uh i did bring a bottle here uh, from the <laughs> distillery that i'll talk about tonight and tell you my first drink i have after lent will be an honor of you guys awesome <laughs> yes 
that's, that's awesome. great. Cool. Hey, good for you. I'm glad that you've got the strength. I uh, I don't know what I gave up. Apparently, sleep is what I gave up for Lent. Uh, we haven't stopped since uh, since spring sports have started. It's been pretty crazy around yeah. the Geisen household. So, um, so I still need a drink every now and again. Maybe next year. There you go. So uh, we've given some of our early news. We're going to jump into the what's new and interesting section uh, yep. of the podcast. And uh, Dave, you threw about seven things in here, and I threw one thing in here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, just working hard. You know, one one to do a good job here. So you are uh, impressing all of us. I knew, I knew it. Uh, so if you are not familiar, Google has made. Uh, it seems like in the last uh, couple of weeks or months or so, Google's made a bunch of announcements as to some of the things that they're going to be changing. And uh, we'll link all these um, in the show notes so you can actually do a deep dive and read them. Uh, But the first big announcement from Google is that uh, Google has officially announced this concept called uh, practice sets. And uh, what practice sets look like is it's the idea that it's a feature uh, synced up within Google Classroom where you can create um, specific questions or sets of questions and insert them into Google Classroom and and uh, tweak those to be a little bit more unique and include content that students have or create questions from scratch. Um, you can work in things like helpful hints or you can work in different resources that go along with those questions. Um, Eric Kurtz uh, has a really good breakdown of what this looks like with both pictures and an interview. And, um, you know, this is going to be, I think, that next big step for a lot of us Google users uh, who have said for a long time that we appreciate what Classroom is or we appreciate what the Google suite of tools is. But now we're taking this and making this more uh, applicable to you know ways that we can use this with our class other than just as you know, a management system where I'm sending out documents or sending out questions or sending out, you know, attendance sheets. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty big deal. Uh, there's opportunities for grading within it. And uh, we've even included the link if you want to sign your uh, domain up for the beta testing. Although I will say, unless you are a Google admin uh, in your district, I would make sure that you, you know, sign up for this and coordinate with your Google admin because they'll be the person that's going to have to enable this and uh, is going to have to use that. And it- it's not going to be in the free version, correct? It's I don't in like so, education no. plus only or something like that. Yeah, I think the beta to sign up for the beta, all that is yeah. going to be free. Yeah. But eventually, when it rolls right. out, yeah, I think it's in the yeah. education plus. So, so you'd have to pay. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's. I mean, it's definitely we're seeing Google shift, uh, like you said, kind of away from management and more to like actually being a learning piece. Um, yeah. Which you know, I think that is a great thing. I think that's. A step in the right direction, but yeah, if to nothing be seen. else, if nothing else, it takes what we tried to do during the pandemic, and and kind of yeah. lets it lets us do it now. You know, after the fact, so we're right. taking some you know some positives from it, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, another thing on here that I put Google Meet has an attendance report. I just used that attendance report myself. This is free for everybody, and it should be rolled out. Uh, on a rapid release schedule. So you should see it, you know, sometime soon. Uh, But directly from Google Meet, if you're on Meet with at least one other person, which if you're on Meet by yourself, Mm -hmm. that's pretty, that's pretty sad. It's okay. You know, sometimes it's an important, it's sort of similar to that, like, you know, where you get yourself psyched up for a situation, like you look in the mirror and you're like, you can do this, Adam, you can do it. I like to get on a Meet and just Mm -hmm. like talk to myself in that way. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Is that normal? That's normal behavior, right? Yeah, totally normal. 
Some people use mirrors, mm-hmm. um, but meat would be. Fun. I've seen that, but this is hey man, we're in the 21st century. This is Ed I mean, mirrors are so. I mean, so 19th century. Oh, uh, uh, boring. Totally. But uh, so now you can do attendance directly from it. So if you're doing workshops or if you're doing PD, that's going to be run uh, virtually. Uh, you mm-hmm. can hop on, take your attendance, and go from there. A timestamp and everything. So really nice. How's it? How's it different from the the emails they used to get? Uh, or is it I still? Just, it's a you so well, what it is now it's a CSV file that it downloads directly. So when oh. you click that take attendance, it downloads a CSV and then you can use it. Oh, okay. So it's less of an nice. email, it's just built right in. Exactly. I like that because the emails didn't always come. Exactly. Yeah. That's and true. if you have to justify who's been on or if you're doing PD and you're getting paid for it or you have gotcha. to give out learning credits, that's an easy way to do that. That's a good idea. Um, and then the last one I have here yeah. is scheduling posts in Google Classroom for multiple classes. So now you have the ability or you should have the ability soon. Again, that's on the rapid release schedule. I don't see that yet on my domain. I don't know. Do you guys, have you seen that on? on uh, yes, we saw it. I had a teacher email about it today. In fact. Okay. Right on. Yeah, no, I, I've not seen it yet uh, on ours, but it is on uh, rapid release. And uh, what you're going to be able to do is schedule uh, assignments for multiple classes. So if you create something and you want to schedule it for, you know, a bunch of different classes and you want to push it out next week, you can do that where before you could post an assignment to multiple classes, but not actually schedule it. Now you have the ability to do that. Um, it's on a rapid release. And I believe that it should be uh, available to all Google workspace for education, fundamental users. So if you're, if you're using Google for education, you should have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ones that obviously aren't is our non-education users. So that's a big one, I think. And I think it's something that people have been asking for, for oh, years, for years. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. Hey, those are some good Google updates. Yeah, I think Google so. Google Docs update while you're still talking Google. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, go for it. The page list feature, I think is yes. a good compliment to the Google classroom update. If you're working entirely within the Google Doc, but you have no intention of printing it out, just that pageless feature uh, gives you some more manipulative space in there for your lessons. That's fantastic. Yeah, I do that a lot too. I will uh, just on regular documents get the go to the print view, or I'm sorry, turn off the print layout, um, and that just helps streamline everything. I think you're right. Adam, what about you? You got a good update? Oh, I do have an update. Yeah, so it's really it's just something new. Um, I'm a, I'm one of the just the few people who play Wordle. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Oh, is that a thing? It is a thing. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Jake, are you a Wordle player? Yeah, my wife and I heard a Wordle. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you, it it is addictive. I do really enjoy like those five minutes or whatever of my day um, doing the Wordle. But I think uh, what's cool is some of the other alternative versions of it that have sort of popped up. And, and I'm sure a few of these have, have popped uh, up in people's uh, like Twitter feeds maybe or, uh, or yeah. something, but mm-hmm. uh, there's this article. And again, I'm linked to it in the show notes of uh, nine other alternatives to Wordle, which I thought was fantastic. And so I played a few of them uh, over the last week as we were prepping for this. And, and I love them all yeah. uh, except one. I can't figure out. And which one's you that, one? that. Uh, so I'll get to it. I'll get to it, Dave. One thing Sorry. at a time here. True so the first one, uh, the first two are the ones that I really like a lot. The first one is Worldle, which is which popped up, uh, I would say, maybe three or four weeks ago in my feed, and I saw it. So it's Wordle with an L in front of the D. And cool. instead of choosing words, you're choosing locations. It shows you the outline of a country, and then mm. you have five guesses to guess what country it is. And what's cool about it is that if you put in a guess, 
it will say yes or no. It's got to be like an actual country, but it'll also tell you the distance and what direction it is away from the actual one. Oh. So like I got uh, today's, which again, if somebody's going to play, well, it's by the time this goes out, this will be a long time ago. It was Puerto Rico. Maybe time travelers. Um, the tra time travelers who are going back four or five days will will be able to get this one on yeah, the first guess. Makes total sense. Right. And I guess it. I guess I thought I didn't think it looked like an island, so I thought, but it seemed Central American to me for whatever reason. So I put, you know, like Colombia, Central America, and it told me it was only like seventeen hundred kilometers away, uh, and it was, you know, to the to the northeast. And so I guessed a couple more. I didn't end up getting it. I ended up cheating and looking on a map and saying, "Oh yeah, of course, Puerto Rico," uh, because you know I cheat sometimes, but sure. uh, everybody does. But anyway, I thought it was absolutely fantastic and such a cool way to. Um, really teach geography. I mean, it's a great way to start a geography class. Let's all play the world and, uh, and see what happens. So that one I really enjoyed. Um, there are a couple other versions of it that are like multiple wordles. Um, yep. The Quartal has four that you play all at once. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's also the Octortal and oh the Setacortal. So oh it's goodness. eight, and I guess Setacortal is, what is that, nine or something? Ten. I don't know what that one is. I haven't played that one. But anyway, it's a ton. Uh, which seems like a lot, but for some people, you know, that's your thing. Uh, there's a couple others that I thought were kind of cool. One was an airport. You know how the airports have the codes? Like yeah, St. Louis is STL. That So there's one where you just put that's those cool. codes in. Um, it's called Airportal, <laughs> which I think is great. It's fantastic. Um, there's another one all about Taylor Swift oh, called Taylortle. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. um, there's an environmental one. There's a hockey one, a Gordle, which I think is great too. It's all about... Um, hockey, hockey players in the past and present and things like that. That's the awesome. five letter names is pretty funny. Uh, but the one that I really enjoyed um, is Hurdle, H E A R D L E dot mm -hmm. A P P. Hurdle.app is the pay, is the one, and it's music. And so I've done a few of these this week and I've gotten them all wrong because I don't know today's music as well as the other music, but I've looked in the possible answers and there's some old stuff in there. So I think eventually I'll get one. Uh, but that's really cool. It show you play just like a the like less than a second, um, and you try to guess what it is, and you can find um, you know the guesses by s artist or song title, and then you uh, then when you skip it or get one wrong, it gives you a little bit more of the song, and then more of the song, and more of the song until you know you either run out of guesses or you get it right. So such a fun game. Yeah, uh, awesome. Again, I love this idea of uh, you know trying and trying and trying again anytime we can we can try to sort of get into people's heads that you're, you're just not going to get things right the first time right. uh, and that it's okay to fail because then that's how you learn um, you know it seems like such a simple idea but it's catching on and I think uh, if we can get our kids to kind of understand that um, it's a cool thing and it's caught on education this is not new for most people but I thought some of those alternatives might be fun to look up so yep. there's an article um, posted in the show notes check it out uh, and enjoy yourselves for a little while and what a, what a cool tool to use if you are teaching and you're just looking for, especially with, if you have standardized testing coming up at all, you know, what a neat thing that is a great way to just relieve stress after doing that stuff. You know, I, I, I yeah. love activities like that for our kids because it's not a total waste of time. It's not something where we're just playing a game. You know what I mean? We're not right. just playing something. It's, it's something a little more productive and good for your brain. So that's, and cool. for a lot of kids, it can be expanding your uh, vocabulary. Absolutely. You know, some of those words are not, as simple as uh, I thought they would be. No, yeah. So Especially, if you go back to the beginning, the archive, the Wordle archive, and start yeah. from scratch, like one one through like 20 were words that I would never use. And then it got a little bit easier after that. 
Yeah, um, that's awesome. But yeah, it was cool. Cool the challenge. World, the world one, I think the geography one sounds very cool. I'm really Love excited to, to try that one. Yeah, that looks yeah. Very fun. I thought that was just such a cool and creative idea. Awesome. So that's what's new in our world, uh, you know. And again, if uh, hopefully we'll have some other new stuff in the next episode. But that's what's going on uh, in our worlds today. You got anything new and exciting, Jake? Or are we jumping right into our uh, interview with you? I don't think I can top the the Wordle alternatives. <laughs> when, when well, there is a shelf life to that. I, it Ta had to be Ta the Ta first Lordle. episode. Well, yeah, when you're talking about the Taylor Swift one. Taylor Ta Swift. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. We need to do an obscure band Wordle. Totally. Like that. So somebody that so maybe like uh, like ELO or like um, like uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer or somebody like right. that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like somebody very odd that yeah. will we'll get on that. That's our or like a ad. '90s. We need like a '90s rock one. You like Pearl 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 And you know Eddie Vedder's going to hear this. Absolutely. He listens. He's an avid listener. This. Yeah, oh definitely. And mm -hmm. hey, maybe you know Dave Grohl, another shout out for Dave Grohl if he wants Dave to get Grohl. back on here. We've yeah. been trying uh, to get him on here. We'd love to have you. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh Studio Six Six Six. Yeah, it looks great. It does look good. Yeah. Oh okay. so anyway, shout shout out to Dave. We're supporters. Yep. He'll be on one day. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's shift gears uh, from Dave Grohl, who's awesome, to Jake Bull, who is also awesome, Whoa. and it more or less rhymes. How about that? Did I pronounce it right? Because I don't know. Is Bull or Ball? Yeah, Bull, like cereal bowl. Yes, I was right. Because if not, Jake, we were going to have to change your last name. Maybe. I know. <laughs> that transition was too good. So. How do you like that? That was pretty sweet. So, Jake, uh, again, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for um, being a part of this discussion. Uh, we always start out talking to our guests and we kind of want to know, um, how did you get where you are and, and where are you now? We know Wisconsin, um, but uh, how'd you get, how, how was your educational journey? How did that happen? Yeah. My, my elevator speech here. I um, absolutely started out as a high school social studies teacher. And, uh, that is when, you know, I was, um, young teacher needing a uh, summer job. Uh, and my summer job was giving tours at a distillery. So, so that is awesome. how I made the connection there between education and uh, spirits. Um, I worked on my master's and got my principal certification thinking maybe someday I'd want to be an administrator mm -hmm. when a job opened up at our regional education agency in Wisconsin. We call them CESAs, uh, Cooperative Educational Service Agency. And um, didn't really know much about CESAs. It's kind of a hard job to explain. My title here is curriculum specialist, uh, which can kind of be summarized as that other duties as assigned kind of job. Um, <laughs> we know how that goes. Those are the best jobs. <laughs> Absolutely. <I'm getting. laughs> so the, the interview, I think I asked more questions than they asked of me, um, but I, I went away from it saying, absolutely, that sounds terrific. Uh, you get to do the fun parts of the administrator, like professional development and learning mm -hmm. and coaching and not necessarily the behavior stuff and the stuff that, you know, is, is not the best part of being an administrator. Uh, so I was hired for that in February of 2020. And then the oh, world changed huh. in March Yeah, exactly. Right? What a great time. So before I even started, um, the job kind of shifted from curriculum specialist to ed tech, ed integration um, specialist, uh, which I enjoy. Uh, since 2016, I've been a Google certified trainer. Uh, and so my director heard that and said, yeah, we've got work for you and um, yeah, sent me yeah. on that route. Uh, and my goodness, um, I've added a lot to my tool belt just starting since starting at CISA in the last two years. Um, 
got became an ISTU certified educator and a Google coach. Um, taking some ISTU courses right now, actually continuing to to add more tools to my belt and um, helping districts with all sorts of different things. That's fantastic. So uh, from from an Illinois standpoint, um, I think we have something similar. We have uh, in the in our state what's called ROE Regional Office of Education, which sounds like a pretty similar job, and I'll bet most states have something similar to that. Mm -hmm. So it's an important job. So that's cool. So you, um, what region uh, are you in? So you're a, you're from kind of north of Madison, you said? Yep. Uh, so central Wisconsin, we cover mm -hmm. like, if you know Wisconsin at all, um, Portage to Stevens Point, like Columbus, just north of Madison, over to New Lisbon, Boston, 35 school districts. And kind of the heart of it would be uh, the Wisconsin Dells would, mm -hmm. would be my region. So if you've been there, you, you've been in my CISA. That sounds like a wonderful place to work. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, just for uh, FYI, and I was born in Sheboygan, uh, Wisconsin, so I, I I know how cold it gets up there. Mm -hmm. um, just what is it, an hour north of Milwaukee? Um, so, would you say you were very big in Sheboygan? No, uh, you know, we sold about seven hundred albums. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there <laughs> right? it is. Like <laughs> in Chicago? No, Sheboygan. No, Sheboygan, very big. It's a Sheboygan. little Home Alone. Home Alone, Home yeah, Alone great, joke for March twenty third. Great, right. great reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, so that's really uh, like an interesting job, which I think, like I said, this is it's so different um, than what I thought you probably or what you thought you were probably getting into right. um, once the pandemic hit. And goals change. Are you starting to get back to some of the original goals, more, um, you know, curriculum stuff and, and things like that? Yeah, I probably spend about half my time in the ed tech world and the other half um, with curriculum, probably what the in intended purpose of the, the position would be in the first place. Um, spent a lot of time supporting districts with standards based grading in that transition right now. Mm -hmm. um, I did that as a high school teacher and drank the Kool Aid. And, and now it's hard for me to go back and support districts that do traditional grading and and go back in my head to that style. I, I really like standards-based grading, and I really enjoy helping districts through that transition. Um, so you did that at the high school level? We did, yes. That's that crazy. Work? Yeah. Like what, so, so if if you're you're in an elevator with somebody and you want to pitch them on standard-based grading, what's your elevator pitch for that versus traditional grading? That grades reflect student learning. And actually, I wouldn't even call it standards-based grading. I would call it grading for learning. Um, and at the high school level, I guess technically it would be standards reference learning because most high schools still want to attach a letter grade to it. We right. want to make sure that we're having priority standards, things that we, skills, abilities, knowledge that our students should be able to be proficient in uh, before they exit whatever building and high school, of course, included. Uh, let's make sure we're giving them feedback to help them grow and make sure that that grade or score what have you reflects mm -hmm. their knowledge skills and abilities in that in all your courses so is that kind of like a state a thing coming down from the state level or is it kind of at district levels where they're switching to the standards based district levels make the decision but i will mm -hmm. say that as the state is updating our standards they are making mm -hmm. them very standards based grading friendly oh that's cool yeah that is cool that's that's really interesting do you do you see do you see many schools adopting standards based grading in Wisconsin or is it just kind of 50 50 because I will say in, in Illinois what we primarily see is standards based grading is a primary tool right and mm -hmm. and we hit you know third grade or so 
and we have to give grades. You know, kids want to have A's, B's, C's, D's, or F's. And so that's when they transition to more of a, a traditional grading point. And I, and I sometimes think of the mistake that we make with standards-based grading in Illinois is that we are a little bit too, I think we're too in-depth with things. I think we're like, hey, we have to cover all of these standards. Like we have 75 standards. We need to hit them all. And, and it sounds like the way that you're approaching that is, is a little bit more like we need to choose the most important things and focus on those. And, and so I, I'm curious, do a lot of schools adopt this or are you seeing it half and half or, or what, what's been your experience with that? The vast majority of elementary schools that I support are using standards based grading um, mm -hmm. element or excuse me, middle schools, I would say maybe a quarter to a third and high schools. I think I'm supporting about a half dozen right now out of my 35. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the that's pretty that. that's pretty rare. I, I would think there'd be a lot of pushback from high schools, especially when you talk about colleges and how how does that translate when kids are you know applying for scholarships and yeah, I love that question and and that's what everybody thinks and college mm -hmm. and um, admissions they do not care they they really? take heart okay. scores uh, horseshoes clovers blue moons whatever you want to give them. Uh, <laughs> They, Which, by the way, that's your that's your new book you need to write. Is, yeah. uh, <laughs> Lucky Charms in Education. <laughs> I got I got a horseshoe on my test, Mom. <laughs> Great. I think that's fantastic. Your your sister got a, a blue moon, so <laughs> that's awesome, man. I love that idea. That's, that's interesting. So cool. Yeah. Well, we are just now starting the college search. My kids are juniors. Um, I've got twins, and they're uh, you know obviously graduating next year. So we've started the college search. We've done some tours. Um, and that is really interesting Be because they are, and we've not heard anything about, I've not asked that question. I probably should at the next tour. I'm going to ask, you know, what do you guys think about standards based grading? But, um, you know, they are starting to get away totally from standardized tests, uh, right. which I was, I thought that was like, you know, a few test scores here and there, or a few schools here and there, there are not going to take standardized tests, but like St. Louis university, which is, uh, it's where I went to my alma mater, but it's also, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty expensive school and pretty lucrative. And it, uh, is, they're not taking any, they don't require any standardized tests for anything, right. scholarships or anything, right? which I think that's the, that's the direction. Is it attendance based? Like, do you think it's because is attendance down? Because I know that I'm doing admin courses right now and I feel like the, the setup of those courses is very flexible for somebody who's working. And one of the, I am taking, I, so I doubled up courses and then I chose not to double up for a semester coming up. And I think I've gotten like 15 phone calls from SIUE, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, because they're like, are you not coming uh, anymore? Are you dropping out? Are you done? You know, what's the deal? And I'm like, no, no, I'm just hmm. taking a, a course instead of doubling up. Right. And so I, I'm just curious, like, is it, is it an attendance issue or what, what do you think? Like Jake, as you've kind of had the opportunity to look at some of this from your perspective. Well, as schools make strides to be more equitable, they're looking at their grade books and we're trying to separate the behavior and the academic. So when you talk about attendance and that would kind of fall under the behavioral, the work habits, and that's important right. for colleges and employers to know. So if I have work habits on my, um, my transcripts, and then uh, an employer would know, does this student organize? Do they show up on time? Things like that. And then they could also see the academic side and see, are they proficient in their claim evidence reasoning skills? Are they proficient in 
their ability to understand detailed texts and, and just more specifics on what their levels of understanding are. Uh, it sounds like it's getting closer to portfolio type yeah. uh, applications and things like that, as opposed to here's a, a transcript. And how many clubs uh, that would be fantastic. Do? Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I love it more. Yeah. I love that shift. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I want to, I think it's it. an important one, especially as the cost of school continues to rise and, you know, more and more kids are, I think they, they have some apprehensive uh, feelings towards that. I, I work with uh, primarily low income uh, students and, and, and an area. And a lot of our kids, uh, the, the prospect of going to college is just not something that they can envision right now for themselves, be, you know, purely because of cost. And right. I, I think knowing that like, and I think they also fear that like, there's this wall where I won't get accepted. Like I'm not allowed to go there. That's not a place for me. And I think as they get to see more and more like, no, 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 like we want you to apply. We want mm -hmm. you to be a part of this. Uh, you know, we're not as worried about, oh, well, you were in five clubs and this kid was in nine and they were, you know, doing this. Right. It's, it's, you know, more about that overall look, that portfolio look. That's I think that's a good way that we're moving. Maybe COVID sped that up. Maybe that's another positive from that. But uh, yeah, I hope so. So, Jake, one of the things that you uh, you sent us when we were, um, you know, asking for for folks to join the podcast, you sent us a. Uh, a slideshow where you compared education to distilling the process of distilling. So of course, Dave and I were hooked um, because I love that idea. It wasn't something I'd ever thought of. So um, give us a little bit of a rundown on that. Uh, Cause it sounds so interesting. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, it started last summer when a district reached out and asked if I would lead their staff on some PD with uh, TPAC. Uh, TPAC, if you're familiar is, kind of that three-way Venn diagram of content, pedagogy, and technology. And it was popular probably a decade ago. Um, yeah. And it's kind of been replaced perhaps by some other new um, abbreviations and that, which in education, we like to do that. <laughs> there's there's one a year. There's a new yeah. one every year. But um, the, the district that asked me to do this um, wanted TPAC and I love TPAC. Uh, I think it uh, is a great way to simplify what we do. How do we um, take that content or what I would frame it as curriculum? Cause I think it's more than just content. I think it's also skills mm. and um, more, more to unpack within that uh, and the pedagogy and the technology. And my idea with this district was to make it more engaging. Cause you know, it was a summer PD teachers coming back. I, I wanted to do something that was somewhat fun. And in the summer, I told you, I had a summer job of giving tours uh, at a distillery. And the distillery, uh, it's called Driftless Glen. It's a great distillery. If you ever see that, um, little shout out to them. They're all over. Um, and distilling, it's, uh, you can't, you have to make a relationship with a state and sell it to distributors and then distributors get it out on the shelves. It, it's a harder game than it is with beers and wines but in, in illinois you, we are there uh, you can find us driftless glen look write that down um but anyway i gave tours there they started distilling in baraboo in 2014 2015 and it was a fun summer job and i thought you know i can make some cool connections between tpac and distillation and i made a little presentation and it was just one of those things where i go home and i put the kids to bed and I, i'm thinking about it and it, it's you get passionate about a project and even outside mm -hmm. of working hours, you, you, you're mm -hmm. working on it just like you guys are doing with this podcast. You know, it's just it's something you're passionate about. You run with it. Um, and so I put this slide deck together and then I shared it with a colleague of mine, um, Sarah, 
uh, she's my person at work. You know, everybody needs a person to bounce ideas right. off of. Right. She, she looked at this slide deck and said, Jake, I, I really like working with you. And if you share this at a school district, I don't think you're going to work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is fantastic, by the way. So I, um, I, I, we had a laugh about it and I said, okay, we, we can make this more school friendly. And we changed it from the distillery um, comparison to kind of being a chef and how TPAC can be um, seen as taking the content, like the ingredients and then you as the chef, um, as the pedagogy improving upon it. And then the technology would be the dish and that that you're serving. But with you guys, um, I thought, you know, I think this is a safe place to share my idea of the actual distillation where the curriculum would be the actual spirits. The pedagogy would be us as the teacher being the bartender, the mixologist, and then the technology being the presentation, the glass we're mm -hmm. going to serve it in, for example. I love it. That's great. Yeah. And I think, and, I mean, I would have hired you on the spot if I was in a position. You were like, okay, let's talk about yeah. distilling and education. I'm like, I like this guy. And and post-COVID, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? People mm -hmm. would be like, yeah, sure, go crazy. Right. Yeah, go whatever you want. You know, we're, we're, the teachers are happy. We're happy. So no, it's, it is a fantastic idea. Um, and, and such a, such a fun one too, because I, I think so many times it's like, you know, it's, it's very, it's like you said, acronym driven and very professional, which is important. But I think we, as educators reach a point in our career where we've been doing it for long enough and you're just like, it's, it's okay sometimes to goof around a little bit, but it is, it is an awesome set of slides there, man. Very cool. Um, okay. So tell us how the parts fit. So you kind of breezed over it real quick. So mm -hmm. give it to us just a little bit more detail. Sure. I'll dive in. So have you guys been on distillery tours before? Oh, there are some of my favorite things. Yeah. I, I thought you said some of the spirits you had with you tonight. Sounds, sounds uh -huh. like you've been around. We, uh, yeah, see, these are good ones. Uh, we went down to my wife and I went down like in, in February of 2020, we went and did, uh, a, uh, a bourbon trail, um, a weekend and saw you know three or four distilleries down in Kentucky. So uh, we got we got our fill that weekend, but I'm excited to go back now that things are open again. Awesome. So remember, I was a social studies teacher. So if there's anybody listening that's like a master distiller and I trip over some of this stuff or I'm not totally <laughs> accurate, I hope they're going to forgive me. Um, as the tour guide, our, our motto was um, fascinate them with facts or baffle them with BS, you know, if you right. didn't know everything. <laughs> so that, just uh, know that I'm not a total expert, but I think I can, with our uh, education audience here, I, I hope that I can teach you something about the distilling process and say that it's really just like teaching. Uh, it all starts out with quality ingredients. When you're making a spirit, you're going to use corn, wheat, rye, barley, and of course, water. Uh, so we are in the driftless region of Wisconsin, meaning uh, drift is what's carried by glaciers. And so the name Driftless Glen comes from that, uh, the sediment that was left behind from the glaciers. So you guys in Southern Illinois, way flat down there. Um, mm -hmm. Not totally. to drive through. I'm going to throw a little shade at the Southern. Absolutely. No, nope, totally 100% agree. But yep. if you come up to like Galena, Illinois, or our pocket of Wisconsin and Iowa, Minnesota, where the four states meet, um, not flat at all. All sorts of wonderful hills, valleys, yeah. glens, and dells because it left the area largely unglaciated. No glacier, no drip from the last ice age. Huh. Uh, we have a wonderful then double layer of sandstone and limestone with a wonderful pure water source. And that's really, really important. And that's why uh, the distillery is where it is in Baraboo, Wisconsin. So... Yeah. That's similar. The, that's why the bourbon trail is what it is. There's that limestone uh, reservoir there that all of those distilleries are all built on top of. So it's really fascinating how that worked out. You got it. 
So connecting to here to education, probably the most important thing is going to be the standards. You know, that's kind of the structure that we, we everything is built off upon. The content, the knowledge, skills, rubrics, assessments, all those important ingredients have to be thrown together to um, make that fine product at the end. You got to start with quality ingredients. So I started talking about that. And then the mashing is the first of the process where we're going to add those grains, water, heat, breaking down those sugars. We're going to add the yeast. And that's kind of like the PD. That's kind of my role now with districts. I come in and, you know, some districts get more PD time than others, but we're going to, mm -hmm. we're going to have conversations <laughs> about those standards, about what the grade book's going to look like, about um, that collaborative piece. You know, how often we don't have nearly enough time to, to be with our colleagues in education, grade level teams, uh, content level teams, you know, we, we need that. And that's kind of like the mashing process. You need that time for all the ingredients to mix together and to collaborate. So after the, the mashing process, we get to fermentation. Uh, and this in a distillery is probably going to take about a week, uh, probably three, five days, maybe more. Um, and if you're really good at this part, what you're trying to do is you're getting the maximum yield. You're trying to create the most alcohol. So the feed, the, the yeast will feed on those sugars and enzymes, creating the alcohol. It'll give off byproducts of heat and CO2. I, I would equate this to the PLC model. If, if you're a large enough district that you have the PLC or you have those grade level or content area teams, you got the Darfur questions, you know, um, what do we want our students to know? How we know if they know it? How do we respond if they don't know? Um, and what are we going to do for students that are already proficient? If you're a PLC district, hopefully you, you know that, you know, that's that's the bread and butter. But that's the fermentation, you know, where you're you're taking all of those ingredients because we all know in education, you, you guys named your podcast EdTech Distilled because it's like drinking water out of a fire hose. There's so much new in EdTech. There's so much new in education. How much can you drink? And that's kind of the PLC is helping to create as much as we can but the next phase is the most important, the distillation phase, where you've already you've done the fermentation, you have all the ingredients, you have all the curriculum, all of the assessments, everything together. The distillation piece simply means you separate what you want from what you don't want. That's all distillation is. We want to separate, narrow down those standards. So like standards-based grading we were talking about. Uh, there are 26 Wisconsin social studies standards. I can't give students feedback on all 26 standards in a grading period. It's impossible. Right. So we're going to whittle that down to three or four power standards in a grading period. And I can absolutely give them feedback on those three to four standards three to five times in a grading period to help them grow and to show growth. So that's that's the distillation piece. How can we narrow that down? Um, so in in the distillery, the the important part of the distillation would be separating the good the bad and the ugly the the mm -hmm. heads of hearts and tails you may have heard about mm -hmm. so the heads would be your your pure acetone methanol those things that smell and taste like paint thinner uh you don't want to drink that that's that's what those old moonshiners say would cause blindness um you don't want the heads of you but once you can be patient get rid of that part of the distillation then you get to the heart of the run that's like the tenderloin of the cow that's the part that you want so in education, that's what we're looking for, okay? Of, of all the things that we want to teach in these courses, in this grade, we're whittling it down to the heart. What do we want our students to walk away knowing um, and being able to do and make sure that we have that uh, distilled out of everything um, that was given to us in the textbook or in the curriculum? Uh, and then the the tail of the run, it's it's I would uh, equate that to the bottom of a pot of coffee. It's lower quality alcohols 
little too much character in it. Um, we, of course, don't want that either. So we're, we're making sure that our curriculum is only the highest of quality. All right, I've, I've been talking a lot. I, I absolutely am enthralled. Yeah. I, I just think this is so fantastic. And of it's, course, I'm having flashbacks. You, great, you were probably yeah. a pretty good tour guide. I'm going to certainly guess. seems like it. Yes. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I really enjoy doing it. And now I'm I'm kind of their on call guy. Um, yeah. So if they're regular tour guides, I'll, the, the manager will text me and I'll, I'll um, join them. And it, it's kind of like, you know, teaching, you go in and you push play. It's like, oh yeah, I know this script. And yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and it's fun. Cause then when I work, I feel like I can use that, uh, the discount, you know, and get a few bottles to take home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was the, what was the, like the aha moment for you that, uh, that made you kind of put those two things together, education and, you know, uh, what, what a distillery does or, or, you know, what, when I did act, that kind of occur for you? Or? I think I need to credit you guys. I think it was last summer when um, I first heard of your guys's podcast and just oh, that yeah. no way. Distilled and how you guys said, yeah, that makes perfect sense. We're trying to whittle out of, of all the things in ed tech, which it's a lot. It's hard to keep up with. And it tech. is. Yeah. How can you filter that down or distill out the really good quality hearts? I think hmm. you guys are the ones that made it click. Well, we need to trademark that, I guess. Huh? We'll Absolutely. get Jake. We'll get Jake in on this, and yeah, because because he he's the mouth. You know what I mean? He's 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 oh, absolutely talk, talk the talk there. So that's cool, man. Yeah, this is it's such a good idea, and you know, uh, a great concept too. You know, post COVID, I just feel like we are inundated with so so much, and we're we're gonna get to it here in a few minutes when we talk about like what we're working on, but. Um, I'm in the process of booking PD out for the rest of the year into the start of the next school year. So through August. And it's funny how in years past, the PD that I would get booked out for would all be ed tech based, or it would all be classroom management based, or it would all be, you know, it's, it all has a theme. This is what's popular right now. We want to learn more about it. And it is just a hodgepodge of stuff uh, for all different schools and, and for educational groups. And I think it's because like you said, schools are overwhelmed right now with all of these resources. This door has been opened, you know, COVID happened. We all tried to find the best tools or the best resources or strategies that worked for us. And now we can't put that lid back on the box. So we need to take the stuff we don't want and focus on the stuff that we need. And uh, there's a real place for, for people who can help groups find that because uh, it, it's not enough to say to teachers or to administrators, figure this out, you know, cause figure this out is, is easy to say, but you don't have the time of the day. So, so people like you and, you know, other people serving those jobs that offer that up, it's a, it's a huge service that you can do for school districts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, <clears throat> I think there's such a fun comparison. I'm still like staring at this picture of all these bourbons um, and <laughs> thinking education. Um, Jake, before we move on from this topic, do you have anything that compares with the, uh, with the aging process? Yeah, well, I'm just just like teaching it. It takes experience, you know. Everything <laughs> there that, it is. <laughs> a true master. I love it. I love it. Yeah, awesome. everything that comes off those stills is a clear spirit. So you you can immediately bottle and enjoy your vodkas, <laughs> your gins, and your moonshine. That's but awesome. you know, if, if you want a, a fine whiskey, that takes time. You know, yeah, you awesome. that three five years. You gotta, and during that time, you you reassess, you, re, you refine, you improve. <laughs> You get that whiskey thief and you, you know, stick it in the bunghole of the barrel and you take <laughs> that it. out. And, uh, you know, those are the best days to work. You got to taste, yeah. sample, you know, there's formative right. assessment. I mean, this, yep. this writes itself. It's 
It does. It totally, <laughs> it absolutely does. I, I just thought it was fantastic. That's such a great comparison. It is. That's a great um, innovator project too. If you're not. Oh, totally. Somehow you can, project. somehow you'll have to start a distillery and, and we'll call it. Start something. a distillery. Yeah. You'll have yeah. To call it something. We'll have to come up with the name. We'll come up with the name. Yeah. Some sort of creative education name. Yeah. Uh, the and teacher's you know, cut. And the whole process, you know, really as far as the T-Pack model goes and, and I would rearrange it, um, CPAP is what I did because I want curriculum first, which is just the whole distillation process is still just mm -hmm. getting that quality curriculum. We haven't even gotten to the pedagogy or the technology. I mean, the pedagogy right. is the mixologist, you know, where right. if you have a quality curriculum, you can be a rookie bartender. And as long as you got a good product, you'll probably still be okay. Uh, but, you know, it sometimes takes a veteran mixologist or a veteran teacher that's going to take, in some cases, you're handed a low quality textbook and you've got to add your own flair to it to make that a better drink. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a fun, fun comparison to make. Oh my God. That's so fantastic. I think, yes, I think you need to somehow trademark this whole thing yeah. um, and, uh, and stand outside of distilleries and Hey, people become a teacher. Cause look at how similar it is to whiskey. Yeah, just, just have your teacher discount Thursday night or whatever, and they'll come flocking. There you go. So then you can just, yeah, there you go. That's awesome, man. I love it. I am never going to look at a bottle of whiskey the same way again. No. Mm -mm. No. And, so. and some appreciation of what goes into that. And also some appreciation of what we do for children. You know yeah. what I mean? That's right. That is really a great, uh, a really great analogy. And, and kind of like we said, anytime we can, we can take the things that we have been doing for years and years and years and years and apply, you know, something, a, a different way of looking at it. You know, I mean, because cause we've all, I mean, I, we taught, what, I taught for like almost 20 years in the classroom. Dave, you were in the classroom forever. Um, you know, Jake, you were in the classroom, social studies teacher for a long time. We, uh, you get kind of sucked into a routine. And anytime you can look at that routine, you can look at the what you're doing in sort of a different light. Um, it, it can It can be that spark sometimes that changes the way you do things. Mm -hmm. And I do love that mixologist idea at the end, that even if you're given you know, a crappy textbook or no textbook. Yep. And you're like, here, create your own curriculum. Yep. You know, a great mixologist, a great teacher can take that and still be effective. Uh, and I think that's a really important lesson that I think, I think a that's lot of pull, people can pull quote. Yeah. I think that's your quote that you put on your book, you know, yeah. like a great mixologist. Yeah. I love it. You do have to be careful how far you let the metaphor go. Cause like, if you take out the mixologist and you just have, like the curriculum and the technology, you know, you, you think like the glass and my colleagues said, mm -hmm. oh, it's like a shot glass, you know, where the student just takes the curriculum straight. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> we, we can't do that. <laughs> no. But I get what That's you feel like stick a kid yeah, in front yeah. of uh, YouTube and say, okay, learn this, take yep. a test, learn this. Take <laughs> yeah. a test. Don't deviate too far. Yeah, it's like the technology yeah. curriculum. No, no, you, you need the mixologist there. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. That works really well for the first, like, two or three shots. And then after that, you're God knows what'll happen. Mm -hmm. um, you got to have that mixologist to say, also say, Hey, whoa, let's take a break. Let's mix some water in with that. See? Oh, so now you're, wow. There's another connection. All right. So anyway, it's going deep, man. <laughs> oh, this, this is such a fantastic analogy. I love it. Jake. I'm these so are, glad these are like uh, motivational posters that you could sell and put up in, in school districts all around. You totally you know? could. Right. And so then during PD, you could be like, what are you? Are you the bartender or the mm -hmm. mixologist? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's all right. I like it. I yeah. really like it. It's good, man. Okay. We're going directions with this. This will be fun. Uh, 
So Jake, what do you uh, what do you got going on now in in your professional personal life? Whatever, um, what are you working on now? Uh, yeah, professionally, um, dabbling in the world of computer science, trying to get a computer science network off the ground in my region. Um, took part in some CS for all script training, and now I'm helping some districts um, develop computer science strategic plans. Um, and helping my own knowledge of that. I'm in a ISTU artificial intelligence course right now, learning Ooh, about cool. that. It's fascinating. Um, and then personal life. Um, got our third kid on the way in, this oh. summer. So uh, doing the trans, just got the minivan. Uh, oh, got to do God. the bunk beds next. You know, mm -hmm. little projects like that are, are keeping me busy here this spring. Oh, congratulations. That's yeah, congratulations. cool. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Yeah, their kids are two and four right now, so we'll, we'll be four, two, and new for a while. That's awesome. Well, we are on our fourth minivan, so it doesn't doesn't end once you start that. You'll never want to go back. That's that's the other thing. People are like, "Oh my god, I hate minivans." Till they drive one, and then it's the greatest thing they've ever owned. Yep, I don't hate the minivan. It's no. it's mm -mm. practical. Uh, the stone go seating. I've already used it. Oh, it's great. I'm love it. Fan. And they're different now. You know what I mean? It's it's not like it was 20 years ago. They're, they're so much nicer and more streamlined, and yes. I think they do more. So, And uh, I had we, a truck for a while, yeah. and I got rid of it, uh, for one, because it was old and crappy. But uh, my minivan would store so much more than I could get in the back of that truck, and it sure. was always protected. So anyway, neither here nor there. But, well, that's awesome. That is that is fun stuff to be looking yeah. forward to. And it's, I love that computer science stuff, too, that – is really the direction I think a lot of states are going. Illinois just uh, released a bunch of uh, you know sort yep. of new stipulations for computer science in the classroom, especially the middle school and the high school, um, and uh, so we're seeing that shift down here as well. Yeah, big time. Great, Dave. What are you working on? Well, uh, like I said, personally, uh, admin classes, I'm still in the midst of those. Uh, professionally, we're doing IAR testing. That's our big state testing. It'll start next week for us. And uh, we hammered out a schedule this week. And so we'll be, we did practice tests this week or finishing out the week. Then we're going to be doing tests next week. And we just finished our schedule for next year. So our school calendar. So our start and our end date and all that fun stuff. Um, and then outside of the classroom, uh, I'm actually working right now on a neat project with the Illinois State Museum uh, through the State Board of Education. So uh, we're, we're currently working on ways that we can integrate educational technology tools. Uh, and digitize more re re, uh, uh, more artifacts and more reports and more research uh, within the museum. So I think the museums in Illinois have been hit really hard with the pandemic. And so they're trying to figure out ways that they can bring those back to kids. And it is a very cool, very open project where we literally get to look at all of the museum offers and then just create ways that we can uh, introduce these things with, uh, with students and classes. And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been very fun, uh, so far. And, uh, then the other thing, like I said, I've, I'm just booking up summer PD right now. So, uh, and it's, it's all over the place. It's, uh, mm -hmm. I, today I, I booked a session where I'm doing a couple hours on, uh, classroom management and de-escalation with, uh, recess monitors, you know, how, oh. how to, how to control large yeah. groups. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then I just booked one on gamification, uh, with primary right. students, so it's just all over the place. So that's knows? awesome. Yeah, all fun stuff though. So that sounds good. You know, I, I am interested to see what uh, museums and libraries, how they kind of pivot, transition, what COVID does for them. I think that that's uh, going to be an interesting thing to see in the coming years. What what personally. they're really doing is they're moving away from 
it's it's a shame but they're moving away from hands-on stuff because mm -hmm. i think what they're realizing is that uh, a lot of museums have such large collections that they they can't rotate it fast enough depending on what the pandemic situation is you know if you have a collection where people can see it you have to let them see it then you have to you know put it in quarantine for a certain amount of time and there's just so many hoops to jump through it's easier wow. if we can if we can take these things and we can digitize them and let them work so it's been very fun. We're, we're looking at like QR code ideas and how to make scavenger hunts for kids, you know, and like different types of quests for students if they try mm -hmm. this up. So it's been a lot of fun just to kind of flex creativity, uh, creative ideas with, with activities like this. So. Awesome. But what about you, Adam? What are you working on? Well, uh, same as you. I got IAR coming up and uh, that fun. state testing is like it's it's just i mean we did training today and i feel bad for the teachers we did some practice questions i feel real bad for the quids or for the kids taking these tests man yeah i mean i just don't get it the math sections of these tests require more reading ability than the reading sections do so yeah. if you've got a kid who's really good at math but doesn't do well with the reading and comprehension they're gonna bomb the math section i, I right. just don't I don't know. We could get on that horn, that that shoe, whatever. What am I trying to say? Soapbox, but I'm not going to do it. Or shoe. But you get it. And it's just one of those things that we have to do every year, and it takes forever to prepare for it. And then we do it, and then we're like, what happened? And it was is it a waste of time? Yes, about 99% of it is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that's what I'm preparing for. That is the boring part uh, of what's going on. The fun part, it's March Madness. Uh, this is like one of my favorite times of year. And uh, I always do a, uh, you know, everybody does the brackets and everything. Um, I, uh, I ended up building an app this year uh, for us to do a pick them uh, style instead of doing the bracket that can bust after the first two days. Now uh, we get to pick games all the way through and it's got a leaderboard and points. And Dave, you were playing. Are you still playing or are you just losing? Uh, no, I'm losing. Yes, I okay. am playing. Okay, because I couldn't tell. Uh, yep. cause Dave's at the bottom of the list, but, um, so, I, so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm just swinging for the fences every time yes. so uh, you, you're wagering everything and picking the upset every time. Oh, uh, in a way. Yes. And, mm -hmm. um, it, it did well for me the first day. Yeah. And then after that, it's not worked well for me. So, yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's very, it's super fun. I love these. This is my favorite projects are building these apps that aren't like super important they're just things that we have a good time so there's a group about 15 of us playing and uh it's it's been fun conversation and uh it's a fun way to watch the 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 brackets sort of bust everybody's brackets bust and they quit paying attention and we're like i don't know i'm gonna I, all these games matter to me it's a great um, way to do it too I yeah mean, it, really, it really does give you it's kind of like fantasy sports you know what i mean yeah, it gives you yeah. the ability to not just completely throw the season out the windows so. right so it's super fun um and uh, and we got another project we're starting and I keep talking to Dave about this and, and we're going to start it. I'm not going to talk about it until I have a more solid uh, plan, but it's something mm -hmm. that people who do ed tech uh, or education consulting um, will uh, hopefully benefit from. So anyway, there's a secret project uh, and I'm just going to probably keep hinting at it until later when until we have we an actual plan. I don't want to give it away and somebody build it first. That's, that's really the worry. It's a um, thing that will exist at some point. It will. And I'm excited about it. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so that's kind of what's going on. Uh, and of course, you know, now that it's spring, um, my, uh, one son plays volleyball. The other one is gearing up for his golf season. So we've got, uh, it's, it's busy here at our house. So that's what's happening. Uh, but 
Um, we've already talked about what we're drinking. Uh, I don't know. I've still got a little bit in my glass. So I was so fascinated by this conversation that I didn't drink as much, uh, which is good. Uh, and Jake, how was the pomegranate cranberry juice? Is good. It's it's great. Excellent. You throw a little vodka in there and we're good to go. But no, not you because it's Lent. Uh, we are uh, excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jake. I, I was fascinated by the uh, by that uh, analogy. I just love it. I think it makes total sense. And uh, spoken like a veteran uh, distillery tour guide. Thanks so much. If, if you think of more ways to have the <laughs> comparison, you know, make it even better, please reach out. And that, and Absolutely. Tell your listeners, you know, let's build this. Yeah, and we'll be uh, we'll be looking for that book. <laughs> That's right. Yes, get that thing published. Uh, so, how do uh, folks get in touch with you if they have their own ideas for how they can make this conversation? Yeah, love love to have you. Reach out to me on Twitter, um, Jake J R Bowl B O L L, uh, or shoot me an email, bowlj at cso 5org Awesome. Again, thanks, folks, for listening to the uh, EdTech Distilled podcast. We're excited for season two. Uh, and we're excited to be part of the Education Podcast Net Podcast Network. Day, where can they find more information about that? Uh, it's edupodcastnetwork.com. And there are a bunch of really great shows uh, for educators that are by educators uh, just like this. So uh, be sure to hop over to edupodcastnetwork.com and uh, check out some other shows as well. Absolutely. And you can follow us uh, in all the places that you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, all those great places. Uh, and check us out as we uh, will be releasing a bunch of episodes this coming, uh, these next few weeks. We've got a lot of great guests up uh, just like Jake. So we're excited uh, to continue this season too. And Jake, again, thank you so much for coming tonight. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was fun. You bet. Dave, good to talk to you as well. Uh, and we will catch you all in the next episode. Thanks so much. <laughs>